You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs. Here we go. Tuesday, August 10th. It is time to talk some TCU athletics. Mainly TCU football as we sit here in August approaching that season opener against Duquesne in a little under a month. And I put this out on Twitter earlier today uh, on the show account at Locked On TCU. You can find me at Simcox Steven. So I saw my friend Josh Neighbors who runs Locked On Big 12, and I think he does a really good job with that podcast. It's another pod you can subscribe to. Um, obviously, it's covering the whole conference if you'd like to, and there's a lot going on with the Big 12 conference at the moment. Uh, a lot of questions about its future for sure. But he put out this graphic. He power ranked the quarterbacks in the Big 12. And Max Duggan falls sixth on this list. So I just put it out there to our people. I said, hey, you know, where do you think, uh, what do you think about where Max stands here at number six? I'll run down the list for you so you know who's ahead of him. Spencer Rattler at one, Brock Purdy at two, Spencer Sanders at three, Skylar Thompson at four, Tyler Shook at five. Duggan at six, Jarrett Dagey at seven, um, the winner of the Texas QB battle at eight, the winner of the Baylor quarterback battle at nine, and the winner of the Kansas quarterback battle at 10. So first off, I appreciate that Josh uh, put the teams that have quarterbacks battles at the bottom. I just, I think that's even for Texas, like we saw Casey Thompson in the Alamo Bowl. I understand that. He looked good. Okay, that's great. It was one half against the Alamo Bowl, in the Alamo Bowl, excuse me. Let's pump the brakes a little bit on him being a great QB. I want to see it uh, in a bigger sample size. And obviously, like Baylor and Kansas, there's bigger question marks there. Max Duggan at six. Okay, so I am admittedly, uh, I like Max a lot. I'm not quite as high on him as, as some people in the fan base are. Uh, I, I think there's been some accuracy issues. I concede that there's a lot of internal issues with the structure of the offense, kind of a lack of playmakers, a lack of creativity with play calling, and then namely up front, just not giving, giving him time to throw. Now, we don't really know about the offensive line yet. It feels like this is a explosive group of skill guys, and then play calling is also to be determined. We'll have to see what it looks like when Doug Meacham and Jared Kill really get the reins here and take control and what they want to move forward with. But I think six is too low. Um, I would put Max, I would certainly put him above Tyler Shuck. I don't understand. I didn't watch a ton of Oregon football last year, but what I saw, I wasn't overly impressed with Shuck. I thought he was fine. I thought he was a game manager. I mean, the reason he left is because he essentially, he felt like he was going to lose that job. He didn't think he could compete. So he came down to Texas Tech, and while I, I agree that it's a nice get for Tech with his experience, and I mean, Matt Wells isn't a prove-it year, a hot seat type of year. Like, he needs somebody that's going to come in and be able to master this offense quickly and get going. I just, I don't see, you know, I, I've seen some first couple rounds of the draft projections for him. I don't see that type of arm talent. I don't see that type of athleticism. I think he could be a step up. I think he's definitely a, a big upgrade from Henry Columbia. 
I actually like Alan Bowman a lot. Um, and I could be totally proven wrong. Shuck might be better than Bowman by a, a long shot. I just think Bowman, with the injuries, things sort of caught up to him. But when he was healthy and when he was right, he was a really talented quarterback. In my mind, you have to put Max Duggan over Tyler Shuck. I would also put him above Skylar Thompson. I think they're very similar. I feel like it's it's sort of um, neck and neck. Now, I just feel like, honestly, Max is a better passer, which is sort of odd because that's not, not the first thing I would think of when I think of his game. I do feel like he has less limitations, though, in the passing game. But they're both sort of similar. I mean, guys that have been around for a while, Thompson's been around longer than Max. And they're good. I'll also put Max above Skylar just because I think he hasn't really reached a ceiling yet. We know who Skylar Thompson is. Max, with better conditions in the offense, I think could really take off in the next couple of years. Um, Tommy replied to this. Tommy on Twitter said, Max should be the second best QB in the league. Having Thompson ahead of him is laughable. We don't know how good the dude at Tech is going to be. And give me Max all day over the Oklahoma State QB. Okay, I like that, Tommy. Thank you for your response. Uh, That's a little rich for my blood. I have him at four. I can't put him ahead of Brock Purdy. I know Brock didn't have... I mean, Brock struggled at times last year. But I still think he's a more consistent quarterback. Spencer Sanders has some inconsistencies. But I would take Spencer Sanders over Max Duggan right this minute. Now, I think that could all change if Max has a really good season. But right now, you know, as we sit here today, I think he's the fourth best QB in the league. But six is too low. And he has to prove it. I mean, he has to prove it throwing the football. They didn't do that extremely well last year. And he'll have his chances to do that, we hope, when the season starts. But I think uh, I think four is a good, a good number. And, again, you can find that on Twitter – at Locked On TCU, if you'd like to respond, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Josh Neighbors put that out. He's the host of Locked On Big 12. I jump on that podcast uh, maybe once a week or so, and we, we kind of talk shop. I feel like six, though, is, is too low. Max is better than that, and I think the potential is there for him to really take a step up and a jump and be a great QB this season. Spencer Rattler, Brock Purdy, I really can't argue that. I do feel like there's an argument. I'm not willing to go as far as Tommy does. There's an argument with Spencer Sanders. But ultimately, I'd, I'd give Spencer the edge. I, I just believe he's more proven as we stand here today. But hopefully that changes this year. And if it does, you're talking about an offense that's clicking, that's humming really well, and has a chance to contend for a Big 12 title. And a lot of that hinges on his development going into the season and if the conditions around him are better. Let's talk about, uh, before we go into segment two, I want to touch on betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Betonline.ag is fantastic. I've told you before, football season's coming up. It's coming fast, and it's a great time of year to join betonline.ag. I'll be Sterling from Paramount Sports. We'll give you all the latest and uh, what you need to know as far as how to wager, how to bet, how to make some money. He's been doing this for a long, long time. He knows how Vegas works. If you use the promo code Locked On, you can get a 20% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag. They also have plenty of lines 
in Major League Baseball. If you're looking to make some money right this minute or try it today, if you bet on preseason football, I think you might have a problem. If you want to consult someone, just kidding. Preseason football is also something that you can wager on. So get invested in that this week. Again, that's betonline.ag. So Mike Olson had an article in The Athletic today that was really good. It sort of rounded up the latest on realignment, speculation around the Big 12, where we stand. So I'll try to recap some of it for you. Some bullet points. So the the Big 12-Pac-12 merger that has been rumored, Bob Bowlesby and George Klifkoff met last week and discussed some options. Max didn't put a, a percentage on this. I, I would not bet on that happening if I had to, to make a determination today. I understand these things are fluid. This could be a long process. And I say that just because the Big 12 in, in the word that the words that Olson used in the article was that they're cautiously optimistic after that meeting. The Big 12 seems to have some cautious optimism. There's really nothing coming out of the Pac-12 camp other than, hey, yeah, we listened to what they had to say. I believe there's a chance that TCU could end up in the Pac-12. But I think if they do, it'll be either individually or as maybe some sort of package deal. But it's not going to be all eight teams. And that honestly just doesn't make sense. Another option that they put on the table is some sort of scheduling agreement where I guess maybe the two the two conferences would kind of cross over, and I don't know how that would actually work as far as conference championships go. But West Virginia's sitting out there almost on the East Coast. Iowa State, I mean, it just, it just doesn't make much sense. Now, for the Texas schools and potentially Oklahoma State, I think there's there could be something there. But do all of them come together? We don't know. And that's another thing that was said, is that... TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor are working closely together. And as of right now, I feel like that's a good plan. Because nobody knows what's going to happen. If you're in the trenches with a couple schools, it's not a bad idea. Listen to some different options. See what might be the best for everybody. The thing about that is, you have to be careful. What Oklahoma and Texas just did, they didn't give anybody a heads up. They were very deceptive. They just bailed. Well, Texas Tech or Baylor could potentially do the same thing. I'm not counting on those schools, even if they're communicating with TCU, to be looking out for TCU. I mean, ideally, yes. It would be great if everybody could end up together. That's probably not the world we're living in, though. And and there is the issue of, you know, the faith-based school uh, situation with the Pac-12, or the Pac-12 not really wanting to let in private institutions that are affiliated with churches. I feel like that'll be a bigger, a much bigger issue for Baylor than a little TCU, given the theology. But I also don't know, I don't know if that's a hard and fast rule for the Pac-12, or if they'd actually be willing to like look at, okay, well, what is their stance on XYZ? I'm not sure how that would work. But those three schools are communicating. And they said presidents, ADs, administration, almost daily, they're talking. 
talking through options. I think that's a good practice for the moment. But, and I believe this is the truth, I would hope that the TCU admin is also saying, okay, if we get an opportunity that's outside of this, we have to take it. Or we have to at least explore it, look into it, see what would work best for our programs. Around the conference of the eight that are left over, if I had to guess who might be in the worst shape, I would honestly say Kansas State and West Virginia. Just because in all these discussions, I really haven't heard much about them. West Virginia is hoping reportedly to the ACC, which geographically would make a ton of sense. But that door has been closed in the past. In Kansas State, I just don't really know what their options are. KU's apparently looking into the Big Ten. And the other thing that stood out from this article is Texas and OU really just did everybody dirty. And that's not shocking. But, I mean, they left everybody out to dry. Do they have to look out for everyone else? No, they don't. But the fact that they didn't really give anyone a heads up, that they just, I mean, they just tanked the Big 12, essentially in the dead of night, it's unfortunate. And we'll see how it plays out in the coming months and years. It appears that TCU is trying to get out in front of this. And hopefully they can land somewhere that makes sense. You know, it'd be great if they could land somewhere and still keep some of these regional rivalries. And I don't know if that's possible. And that's not priority number one. But it would be nice if they not only were able to stay in the Power Five, but find a way to play schools that everybody really cares about beating. Uh, and, and we'll see if that can happen. But working together with Baylor and Texas Tech and, you know, the, the Pac-12 Big 12 merger, I wouldn't bet much on that right now as we stand here today. Uh, one thing I would bet on is Rock Auto. I, I think they're reliable. They have great service. It's a great place to get what you need for your vehicle. RockAuto.com. Visit there today. Um, they let you compare manufacturers, compare parts. You'll know, hey, I got what I needed. I can get this fixed now. Or I can take it to somebody to get it fixed. It's not going to be a huge run around. Rock Auto, they make it simple. They make it clean. They have a drop-down menu on their website. If you click on that, make sure you tell them that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. RockAuto.com. Give it a go today. Final thing for you in Lock On Horn Frogs. Uh, Jim Sloshnagel took to Twitter on Monday and said, thank you, TCU. And he wrote uh, a pretty lengthy post in what looks like the notes app. And honestly, my first my first reaction when I saw this was kind of an eye roll because, I mean, it's been, what, almost two months? And there's been nothing? But I did want to read it to you in case you're, you're interested. He said, Dear TCU, life has finally slowed down long enough for me to collect my thoughts. This is long overdue. There isn't enough space here, here to thank everyone at TCU and the great city of Fort Worth for all your support, friendship, and guidance over the last 18 years. However, I think it's important to say thank you. You supported our program, our players, our staff, and my family at the highest possible level. Nothing could have been better. From Mayor Moncrief and Price to Chancellor Boschini and four great athletic directors, 
amazing coaches, support staff, and the fans of Frogball USA. You set a standard of support and excellence that will be tough to compare to. Any success I've had in my career can be attributed to the amazing players and baseball alumni at TCU. Not only did you succeed on the field, but each of you are young men. I want my son to be and want my daughter to marry. For that, I am forever in your debt. Although I'm excited about the next chapter, I'll always be a TCU fan, supporter, and lover of all things Horn Frogs. You already know you're in great hands with Coach Charlus and his staff. Hope to see you in Omaha. So there you go. Uh, it was a nice note. Don't know why it took so long, but not important. Jim moved on. I think TCU's in good hands with Kirk Sarloose, and we'll see uh, what goes down when baseball season comes around. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. We'll be back on Wednesday. Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.